0: Hi! Hello! And welcome! We're your hosts. I'm Alex. And I'm Kat. You found the two PFFs you didn't know you needed, but you're glad you have. Congratulations! You have found your people. Enjoy the ride as we navigate what it's like to live Live Out Out
1: out loud. Hey! Hey! How's it going? Oh, you know, it's just a blast over here in our little studio trying to make things, you know, do what it do.
0: It, it, it be what it be. It be and what it be. It, be, it is be, what it is. <laughs> you know, I, hope, I, just, I just really hope everyone's enjoying this as much as we are. Yes. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you hate it, please tell us.
1: We'll only be a little sad. Yeah, only a little bit of trauma from that. Yeah. Um, so speaking of trauma, uh, <laughs> our episode today... It's full Uh, of trauma. Da da da. da. And that is purity culture. Purity culture. So I'd like to give a disclaimer here at the beginning. If that you are listening with children present, some of today's content might be adult. And so you might want to pop in your AirPods, earphones, whatever you prefer or listen to it later. Or if you don't care, you know, that's you. You do you, boo. That's right. And or (coughs) disclaimer, if...
0: You do have any sort of like trauma or trigger around mm-hmm. purity culture, religion, things like that? Just a heads up that if you need a break from that for a little bit, this might not be the episode for you, and we'll be okay with that. Yes. Awesome.
1: So, I guess we'll just dive right in here. In that um, purity culture, what is it? Right? What is purity culture? Um. Purity culture is something that really took off in the 90s um, as a thing, but it's been around forever, right? Different different religions, different cultures have their own version, right? but 90s evangelicalism is our point of reference for purity culture and what we'll be focusing on today because we grew up in it. Correct. Well, you're not so much in the 90s, but...
0: Um, true 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 but where
1: it really took its roots I guess yes I Um, was
0: the unfortunate uh, aftermath of the creation of purity culture
1: there you go Um, I remember the uh, the song that me and my me and my uh, friends would jam out to um, no more dating I'm just waiting Right. Um, yeah. Um, Whitney, if you're listening, I love you. And that was some of the best times of my life. But, man, the trauma from um, purity culture. So I'm just going to say this outright and just right off the bat in that the one of the main goals of purity culture was to make it down the aisle as a virgin. Yes. Yes. On both sides of the aisle, they wanted the boys and the girls both to be virgins at the wedding but if both couldn't be, at least the girl could. Yes. Um, because it was very much taught to me as as a young uh, girl that I needed to save myself for marriage. Basically, my virginity was a gift to be given to my husband and on our wedding night. And your husband only. Exactly. And now while I agree with... Uh, waiting until you're married to be sexually intimate. Um, And I was married. Um, I don't think the way purity culture approaches things is the way to accomplish that.
0: I would agree. And I also waited too um, for different reasons, I'm sure. Um, And I don't want the listeners who didn't wait to feel like Ick and like not. that they are less than or anything like that because that's the opposite um and for me it came out of an immense amount of fear yes and an immense like a almost uncontrollable amount of shame
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it wasn't that I did not want to <laughs> word. It was that I was more concerned, not that I was giving my quote-unquote gift to someone else, Mm -hmm. my fear was who I would be Mm -hmm. the next day or seconds after, and I was more scared that I would kill myself, Mm. trigger warning, I should have maybe said that, than just
1: exist. But... You were scared that you may unalive yourself. Yeah. Because of the shame you would feel for doing said thing. Correct. And that, in my humble opinion, is exactly where the problem with purity culture is. Yes. Because we should never be so fearful that we that our mental health will spiral into a place where we'd rather not be breathing. Correct. Because we feel so much shame because that is not how Christ approaches us. Correct. He doesn't approach us from a place of, um, you did this terrible thing, you terrible Mm -hmm. person, you should feel all this shame. Mm -hmm. We are approached from a place of love in that, I love you. I love you so much that I made this sacrifice for you. Bring all your cares and concerns to me, so that your yoke can be easy and your burden light. Right, right. And so, because we believe that in in, in Christian cult, well, I'm not even gonna say Christian culture. We believe, if we read the Bible, yeah. that that Christ came so that we might have life, and life more abundant. An abundant life is not full of shame and guilt and, and sorrow and mental instability. Right. It's full of joy and, and you know, um, stableness, I guess, for lack of a better <laughs> word. And so I'm glad that you said that. Thank you for being so vulnerable because knowing that you would have felt that much shame. Mm-hmm is exactly a result of the purity culture teachings that we were brought up in. Right. I remember aside from that, hearing things like don't wear that. Yeah. Because you know, boys will be boys and men will be men and they may be tempted by what you're wearing. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm not in any way promoting that we walk around dressed in a completely immodest way. Right. Oh, I'm not saying. <laughs> bless it. I'm not saying that our our breasts should be uncovered or we should walk around with our butt hanging out. Like, I'm not saying we should do that. I'm also not saying that if you are dressed that way, that it's your fault if a man looks at you. 100%. We are all responsible for our own actions. Correct. And thoughts and failures. All those things. Now, is there scripture about um, not causing your brother to stumble? Yes, Yes, there is, right? So obviously you shouldn't um, have a church meeting at Applebee's and invite the person you know who struggles with alcoholism and all of you drink because they think a church meeting is a safe place where you're not going to do that, right? Right. (laughs) That would cause someone to stumble, right? Serving them a drink and you know that's a problem for them right if i'm going to target and i go in yoga pants um i don't know that it's going to cause someone there to stumble if i'm wearing yoga pants it's not my intention right they're comfortable for you exactly so and my husband is perfectly okay with it not you know not that he absolutely has to be but i like to check his opinion you know right so how a man looks at me is on him right and but
0: in the church in the churches that we grew up it was which we grew up in two totally different states so mm-hmm. it could be a little bit different mm-hmm. for swim parties in the summertime t-shirts t-shirts or you didn't swim mm-hmm. And even if you were wearing a one-piece, you had to wear a t-shirt. All the time. All the time. But the boys, it did not matter if they were wearing, like, a, a swim trunk that didn't fit quite right or was too baggy and their, like, butt cheek was hanging out all the time when they were doing cannonballs. It didn't matter. Did I look at their butt cheek and think, wow, that's a fine butt cheek? No.
1: no. But... and therein lied the excuse right Right. men are visual women are not right did you ever hear that oh yeah over and over and over again and it aired this gave room for this double standard Mm -hmm. in that the girls had to cover up and the boys did not because the girls weren't tempted by that kind of thing Right, right. Whether we were or whether we aren't, we either have to cover up our bodies or we don't. How about we teach the boys not to look and lust and all of those things? I never heard one conversation in my youth group about pornography.
0: At this moment, I can't think of one either. Not until late, like college. But I would be willing to bet that
1: ninety percent of at least ninety, at least ninety percent of the boys in my youth group struggled with it. Oh yeah, I would. I don't know for me, but just I mean, just based off statistics. Just but
0: statistics alone, a hundred percent, or they struggled with a different type of addiction, mm-hmm. like in that same like realm, right? That, but we weren't talking about
1: that. We weren't addressing that. We were too worried. That, that was, I wore that a tank top. way
0: too much baggage mm-hmm. because the youth pastor was probably also struggling with pornography, right?
1: And it was more of an issue that I wore a tank top with the, what are the tiny straps called? Spaghetti straps. Spaghetti straps. To church. And I was trying to draw the attention of the 45-year-old men. Right. And that is the problem with purity culture. Because you know what's on a 15-year-old girl's mind most of the time? Not drawing the attention of the 45-year-old men.
0: Right.
1: Right. I can tell you what's not on their mind. And what's not on their mind is drawing the attention of the 45-year-old men.
0: Right. And... That it, it was always, 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 always,
1: okay, you know,
0: ladies, this is mostly for you. Um, You got to save your flower. You can't give your flower to flower. anybody else. And, you know, boys, you got to respect that flower. That was literally the extent mm-hmm. of the boys' lessons. You just have to respect their flower, and if that's it. But even... There wasn't a, if she says no, that means no. Right. It was literally just respect to her flower and that was it. And it's like almost comical now that like, it was like, yeah, like that's good. And I remember, you know, making sure my shorts were long enough for summer, like church summer camps. And I didn't have spaghetti straps and my like, you know, modest was hottest. Like I probably owned a freaking t-shirt that said that. And I am a heavy-chested woman. That and a Rapture shirt. Yes. 90s attire. <laughs> 90s attire. But I was so concerned about how a man would look at me, even mm-hmm. though that, that was not – I just wanted to be cute and, like, look right. comfortable and be in style, and that didn't mean that in style meant booty shorts or whatever right. because that was even harder to come by from, like – I was plus size as a child but like it was harder to I didn't get to express myself in the clothing that I wore because even a pepsi graphic tee was too seductive or rips in my shirt was too seductive or whatever and I looked like a 95 year old woman mm-hmm. in elementary school in middle school because i had to wear a sweater over every piece of clothing um or i had to wear a hoodie or i always had to wear jeans in the summertime because i couldn't find jeans that were had a nine inch inseam or <laughs> right whatever and <clears throat> to get even aside from clothing it's these small little infractions yeah. that get ingrained into the like girls heads that they don't feel good enough mm-hmm. to be who they want to be and leads to even more insecurity yes when they get to the point where they mm-hmm. want to be in a relationship with mm-hmm. somebody what even if that's just dating
1: yeah well and also it breeds taking on the responsibilities that are not your responsibility you know like a woman shouldn't take on the responsibility of how a man acts toward her Mm -hmm. or how he looks at her right that is not a woman's responsibility right you know we're responsible for our own eyes and our own actions right and you know trigger warning for rape right you know you see this you see this play out in a little bit different way even in high school but you know and beyond of well she was asking for it because of what she wore pardon me I don't care what she wore I don't care if she was stark naked okay which I mean I don't condone in a public environment but I don't care Right. If she didn't give consent, that's That's the end of the conversation. Period. But I never remember that being talked about. No. Consent was not a conversation.
0: No, not until I was in college. Yeah. Which I went to college in the late 2010s, so it was a much different culture. Right. Um and it was cont- talked about more. It was still a struggle. Like, I was on mm-hmm. the cutting edge of consent culture mm-hmm. and, you know, talking about consent. But even before then...
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and consent is a big topic. Huge. Yeah. I've been seeing uh, um, things on social media about marital coercion. Right. And being kind of born out of purity culture. Okay, yeah. so the woman is taught... Save yourself for marriage. You right. know, save yourself for your husband. A husband has a need for sex.
0: You must fulfill the need. You have to oh, fulfill yeah.
1: that need, regardless of whether you feel like it, regardless of whether you want to. Reg- like, like if you're a good Christian, quote-unquote, wife, part of the whole purity culture stance is, is that you have sex with your husband when he wants you to. Oh, yeah.
0: I... That is something I personally really struggled with. Not because my husband is that way. He's not at all. But I told my husband before we even got married, I was like, one of my biggest fears going into marriage is that I will be a wife who is raped because that is the expectation because I made you wait so long. Mm -hmm. Because the woman chose... She was the reason why you couldn't have sex before marriage. When that is what purity culture's twisted and thrown around is like, no, that was what that was God's intention. Was that like sex for is, everyone? For everyone, right. sex is such a beautiful thing. It is mm-hmm. I was never taught that it was this beautiful sign of worship and like Amazing. the closest you could get to right. God or whatever. It was vile and gross and all this stuff and I had a huge concern that or I was always told that like I'm the reason that I'm keeping the men in my life from having sex and you know if I'm dating somebody and they want to have sex with me they're not going to be they shouldn't be my husband because they're not a man of God
1: Mm mm-hmm
0: And it's like, no,
1: he's just a boy. Right. When I can guarantee you, sorry, I'm going to say this, babe. But when I can guarantee you that my fiance, boyfriend, whatever he was at the time, it was not a problem of whether he wanted to have sex with me or not. Right. Right. I mean, that is just known. Mostly teenagers want to engage in that activity, especially if they're in a relationship that is loving and kind and going somewhere right right um and for us we were engaged for over a year that's a long time it was a long time you know but you're absolutely right in that there were girls who didn't grow up the way that we did mm-hmm. who would do anything and everything and no shade of them whatsoever I don't no. want anybody to walk away from this podcast feeling shamed or or like they didn't do something right or whatever That is not the intention but the, the boys that were in the same youth groups as me would be with those girls.
0: A hundred percent.
1: but wanting to date and marry the girls in the youth group.
0: Yeah, I was wifeable, not dateable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'd make a really good wife. Really? Like can't be how, how does one exist without the other? Right? Um I and I'm thankful I didn't marry those people, but true. Um but it's true, it's the same people who they were sitting in the same rooms that we were in Sunday school, in youth services, and then doing the opposite outside of, which again, we're having this conversation (laughs) because of the trauma of those conversations. While yes, there is beauty in waiting, I am still going back and forth on my feelings on that, but I also had a very traumatic start to my marriage with it, when it came to my sex life. My sex life was put on full display before I got married. Mm-hmm. And I struggled with even sharing this story, but I feel like it's also very important and can help a lot of people because it really rattled me and my faith and kind of started my a little bit of my quote-unquote deconstruction. But my husband and I as a ant left, chose not to marry us with eight days before our wedding. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it was largely due because my husband and I were choosing to move in together a week before our wedding. We were supposed to get married in June. We ended up getting married in April. So if we would have gotten married in June, that would have been like three months of living together before we got married. For us, there was zero temptation because of the large amount of shame. And my husband totally respected that. He knew that it wasn't even an option. So I'm not even going to try because... I don't want to hurt Alex in any capacity, and I'm so grateful for that yeah. because mm-hmm. that has taken a lot of therapy for me to work through. Yeah. Um, and thankfully, it's not something I struggle with. However, we were moving in a week before. He said, N- I can't marry y'all.
1: Well, it was a logistical thing, right? Like It was totally the- logistical. Logistical,
0: right. And I have no pro- – I think – Everyone, and Kat might not agree with me. I think you should totally live with your spouse before you get married because it's freaking crazy.
1: I think you would learn a lot. (laughs) You would learn a lot. Uh, I can't say that I condone it. I think that you could learn a lot. (laughs) Right, and I think it's really
0: important, and I think either way, for us, it was logistical. 100%. Had my husband and I laid in the same bed together, Yes. Had we stayed the night with each other at each other's apartments? Yes. Had we done anything? No.
1: Right. None, none of those things that you just described in any way, shape, form, or fashion is in the scripture as sinful. Correct. None of them. Zero. We, correct.
0: And we were told, I can't marry you. And this was someone who we really admired, Mm -hmm. who we really looked up to, who had done majority of our marriage counseling up until that point. And like I said, getting married in eight days. Talk about what did I do wrong? I have, for me, I remained pure not only because it was my choice and because I felt like it was scriptural, and for me, for my faith at that time, it's what I needed to do. Right. And I also chose to remain pure before marriage because I had too many friends, not so many, too many friends of mine who that got taken away from them yep. without their choice. Right. Who were abused, neglected, and molested, and raped, and, didn't, and do not have the choice to wait until marriage. Right. And I wanted to do that for them. Does that justify it? Maybe not. But for me, I wanted them, it wasn't to put on my horse that, haha, like I'm the pure one of the friend group. Like I made it. Y'all didn't. No, I wanted them to know that I supported them and I was there for them. Mm-hmm. And it didn't matter. It was worth the wait. Yeah. To be able to stand by them and root them on. And the problem I had with this whole thing before we got married was no one, or this person in particular, couldn't tell me a scripture that his legality lined up with. Right. And I lost it. <laughs> I was like, so you're saying da da da, da, da. like what what would have happened if I was molested? Yeah. And they couldn't give me an answer. Right. And that's horrifying to think about. And I was like, you know what? Even if you were cool with it, I'm done. Right. and But because of this, what do I do when I'm getting married in eight days? I don't have an officiant. People are going to start asking questions. So then it's like, oh, yeah, mom and dad, we're... Like they, my parents were totally, his my husband's parents, totally cool with us moving in a week before. They thought nothing of it. And they are, all four of them, strong in their faith. Okay. <laughs> they don't have a problem with it. The couple in our lives who were kind of discipling us, no problem with it. The couple who was leading our home church had no problem with it. No one in our lives really shot up any red flags anywhere. Okay. But we had to tell everyone (laughs) that we weren't having sex. And no one believed us.
1: Well, and which is also just not a
0: conversation you
1: want to have to have.
0: I shouldn't have had to have it. And I was like, is this normal? Like, calling my friends who were married. Like, did you have to tell everyone whether or not you had sex? Oh, no, my marriage counselor didn't even talk about it because it made him uncomfortable. Excuse me. Like... I'm having to freaking tell everybody and the best thing. And I say all of this to say, like, I hear you if you're in the same position. I see you if you're struggling with the same shame, too. But I also say it to share that there were people in my life, thank God, who saw the God in me Mm -hmm. and the God in my husband to know that whatever we were going through, they trusted God in us. That whatever we felt like we were doing was good enough.
1: Right. Because all that your non-efficient was doing was judging a situation, not judging the heart of a person. Correct. And you literally hadn't done anything wrong at all. Oh, yeah. It called our whole relationship into question. Yeah. Not to mention, though, that even if you had been sleeping together. Mm-hmm. Getting married kind of solves the issue, if there is one. Right. Right. So I really don't understand that guy's wavelength of thinking. I don't think I can ever track with him on that. I really don't.
0: Yeah. We had to have, it was lots of tears, lots of... It was beautiful. Like, I am so grateful. which sounds so crazy to say now. Like, I'm very grateful for it. Right. Because we got to have really hard conversations. Um, Our marriage was questioned hardcore before it even started. So I was like, all right, are you in this? Because woof. And two, it allowed my husband and I to really go into scripture to see what we truly believed. Mm -hmm. Because for us, we weren't tempted and it wasn't a cop out like there were, there are teenagers or whatever that say i'm not tempted and they totally are i i wasn't out of debilitating fear which we've mm-hmm. talked about and but i learned about the marital bed and the power of that so sure we slept in different rooms for the first time ever like because we were literally so like so scared right and that's a whole nother problem but we waited to sleep in our on our mattress for the first time because there is scripture that About aligns the with the marital bed. Not necessarily with sex, right. but with the marital bed.
1: And so that made us feel better. Mm-hmm. And it was great. But all that to say, there is yeah. going to be a part two follow-up episode of the Purity Culture episode. But what we want to leave you with today is that no matter where you fall in your relationship status, what you did pre-marriage post-marriage not been married whatever please do not carry around shame or guilt Mm. or fear that is the whole point of these episodes is what we went through and what we're coming out of so please know that you are not too much
0: not too much
1: you're not too little
0: not too little you
1: are just enough
0: just enough